Hello, and welcome to the Packaging Europe podcast. In case it's your first time hearing my voice, I'm Emma Liggins, journalist at Packaging Europe, and today we'll be discussing the connected packaging landscape, how to navigate it, who's responsible for it, and the solutions that'll help us take it back. Traceability and product transparency are becoming a central focus in upcoming regulations and initiatives, such as the EU's Packaging and Packaging Waste Directive. Here at Packaging Europe, we often discuss these factors in the context of a sustainable supply chain, but in the case of connected packaging, we can also use them to enhance brand-to-consumer engagement with interactive experiences, campaign messaging, discounts and rewards, and much more. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to welcome Gunnery Tuchu, Senior Partner Manager for Transparency at Amazon. Welcome, Gunnery. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Emma, and thanks for having me. Thank you. It's lovely to meet you too. Could you tell us a bit more about your role and what you're currently working on? Yeah, of course. So I'm, I'm Gunnery. I'm the Senior Partner Manager at Amazon here in the Transparency Europe team. And my responsibilities are mainly and mostly on the large strategic enterprise companies, really to give them guidance and consultative support in understanding the value of traceability, product serialization, understanding the complex setup of their supply chains, the production sites, and of course, implementing such 2D codes, 1D codes to connect with consumers to identify products, but also drive customer loyalty, coupon,ing gamification, and all the added values. And one of the biggest drivers, not only for us, but for the whole industry is, as you mentioned in the beginning, regulatory initiatives that are coming up, right? So I believe that there's going to be a very strong push, a big change coming towards those brands. While we were discussing in the future, in the past, whether you need it or not, it's now about when are you going to start and how are you going to combine some of those challenging requirements for the most benefit of your company? Thank you very much. Also with us today is Jenny Stanley, Managing Director at Appetite Creative. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, Emma. Thank you very much for having me here. Uh, yeah, I'm Jenny Stanley, Managing Director of Appetite Creative. What we are is one of many few uh, connected packaging specialists. What we do is help brands to connect with their consumers through activation of connected packaging. And really what we help is a lot of the time that consultancy part the creation, of course, of the codes or the consultancy around what that connection should be, the design and development of the connected experience. And then, of course, and maybe most importantly, the collection of all that really rich data in our own platform, our own GDPR compliant database. So what we do is connected packaging. All right. So thank you both for being here today. And let's get stuck in. We touched on it in your introductions, but just so we're all on the same page, all of us meaning our listeners too. What is connected packaging and what does it look like right now? And maybe going it from a strategic technical perspective before handing over from the creative side to Jenny. So when we talk about connected packaging or smart packaging, intelligent packaging, you know, there's a million different ways to mention the same technology or process. It's really about giving a product a digital identity, right? In the digital space, we talk about digital twins where, you know, trace your production, your logistics to consumers. But in general, we talk about adding some sort of a code, whether it's a 2D code, 1D code, or RFID, NFC chips, and similar technologies for people to enable a physical, a very analog old product to connect to the digital space, to get you know customer engagement, customer support, loyalty, couponing, gamification, or just authenticate that the product you are owning is authentic and genuine. So it's a very essential part. And what we have seen is, especially through COVID, you know, people haven't been spending the same amount of time in the retail point of sale, right? But the POS has shifted towards more the packaging. And I still believe that the packaging is the brand's biggest asset. So it's a great, unique channel for people to connect, you know, in your trusted environment, on your couch at home, 
scanning a product, experiencing the content provided by great agencies like Appetite Creative and connecting with the brand on different channels. You didn't leave much for me there, did you, really? <laughs> but, you know, absolutely, that's what I would call connected packaging, connected packaging in that kind of sweet one sentence is being able to connect the consumer and the brand together. So I would say connected packaging is the gateway for the brands and consumers to have a communication channel. And then you decide what you want that communication to be or to be about. Is it about authentication? Is it about traceability? Is it about education? Is it about competitions and offers? Is it a rewards program and a loyalty program? Is it about recycling sustainability? Where should I recycle my waste? So connected packaging is the means to bring those two parties together. And then the content, of course, is, is that communication piece that will be used by the tool. Fantastic. So you've started talking about this, but how are consumers responding to the current landscape and where should we expect connected packaging to go from here? I would say there's so much happening in this space at the moment from consumers. I think post-COVID, there's been a huge awareness of what QR codes are. We had QR codes as the COVID passport for the vaccination. We then saw, of course, that hotel bars restaurants, et cetera, all using QR code for their menus. So that means that the day-to-day contact with QR codes has massively increased. And that means, of course, the ability for people to understand what a QR code might be means that, of course, we have more knowledge of it and therefore more ability to be able to connect with it. So that's kind of the first thing. The second, of course, is the fact that there's a lot of change in terms of the amount of them available. So you've got a people being able to know what they are and then be, of course, brands waking up and realizing the potential that their packaging has to be a media channel and start using that. So you've got more knowledge of being able to use the technology. You've also got technology changing. So all phones now have QR code scanners inbuilt and also a lot more phones can now do things like NFC, which of course is another option. I don't only want to talk about QR codes. There's lots of different options that connect to packaging, although QR codes is the majority at the moment. And then, of course, the volume of QR codes and experiences around. So the more that you see it, the more that you're expecting to see a QR code. And I think that's what the future will hold, that whether that be to legal changes, and I'm sure I'm going to leave that one for for, for Gunnery to talk about. I think that the consumer's expectation will be to have a QR code and they'll be looking in the end for the QR code rather than maybe in the past, before COVID, being surprised seeing the QR code and maybe not knowing what to do with it. Indeed. Thanks, Denise. I think they're like, I wouldn't necessarily say two different drivers, but they're actually two different strong pushes from either side. And I think one is the part that consumers want more information, right? I'm a father of two. I want to know what's in the stuff that I buy, right? I might care less about my own physical health, which is probably also not the best way, but you want to make sure that you buy something that meets and fits the requirements of your lifestyle. And You might have restrictions in certain foods like halal, gluten-free, low-carb, and there's a million things. And, you know, the space on a package is limited, right? You can't share all the great stuff that you do, the programs, the initiatives, and all the information about your products and why you might spend so much on the quality of your product and ingredients on just the packaging. It's just just not enough space on the packaging. And this is where connected packaging really brings in all the value. You can scan the stuff and immediately see... The carbs, the weather restrictions, dietary information, uh, where does the products come from, you know? And, and, and then really give people power to understand 
is this brand something that I want to consume? And we see a strong shift from consumers towards brands. In the past, you might buy, you know, the same product because your mom was using the same detergent for 20 years and you just keep on. But today's consumers are different, right? The new generation, they just switch brands easily and immediately. And this is also why you see so many startups doing like special nutrition, protein bars, rings, and all that stuff, because people are open now. They are not tied to a brand just because they grew up with it. And this is where connector packaging becomes so important. You can share all the work, all the great things you do. And when we talk about sustainability, you might have regions which are really good in the regards of recycling, sortation, uh, schemes, but you might have regions which are not so good. And people might have challenges sorting the trash, right? Recycling, what to recycle, where, when, how, and all that information. And sustainability is just one asset, just like brand of protection. If you buy an art product with the increased sales on e-commerce, you want to make sure that whatever you receive is authentic and genuine because you're particularly buying this product. This is also one of the missions at Amazon. We want to make sure that you just focus on buying what you're looking for and not worrying about what you're going to get, right? So brand authentication, sustainability, and of course, engagement. Social media, incredibly strong, like looking at the numbers from TikTok and all that stuff. And I'm sure that's, that's Jenny's field, but you know, engaging with customers, adding value to their experience is so important, incremental. And then on top of all of this, you have the regulations, which we just discussed briefly, like digital product passport, the PPWR, the packaging and packaging waste regulation, EU strategy for sustainable and circular textiles. You see a strong push, especially on soft lines, where brands really have to provide guidance, information about the garment, the production, the factories, the logistics to the customers. Resale has a big topic, especially on luxury. So there's so much that you can tackle with a simple implementation, whether it's NFC code or a QR code. It's actually not about do you really want it. It's when are you going to catch up with the rest of the industries? Thank you both. That's some really interesting stuff. I'm particularly fascinated by how social and cultural influences play into this. Touching on that a little bit more, what are some of the challenges stopping us from reaching that ideal point with connected packaging? From our side, maybe just to start off from a large and strategic side, it's really the operational complexity. I would add maybe cost to it, but put it in a, a certain mark because the operational complexity is especially on the big, large CPGs, right? With huge production sites, high volumes, different locations all over the world. It's really about where to apply, what kind of technology, NFC chip, RFID chip, QR code, 1D code, whatever. So there's a lot of things that goes into the evaluation about the best solution for my need and my setup. And this is challenging because you need to talk to supply chain people. You need to talk to compliance people, legal people. The easiest part is marketing people because they're all about the content, the vision, innovation space. But the hard logistics of how to get which kind of code at which position, I think, is the most challenging. And I just want to touch briefly the cost side because thankfully we don't really come across a lot about the discussion, you know, this cost too much. But if you put it in perspective and analyze all the value you get, the requirements that will hit you through the regulations and initiatives, the cost is actually nothing to be mentioned because whatever you're going to pay on fines and losing business, losing customers, is going to be much, much more than what you would have to actually invest to get this going. I definitely agree with the point you make about so many different kind of stakeholders that you need to align and so many different companies or teams, even internally. As you say, marketing's pretty simple. I don't know if you can use the word simple, but straightforward if it's looking to do a marketing campaign. But if you're looking to do something around authentication, then you've got to also be thinking about the finance team and the impact that it has. And what about the logistics team? So are we talking about fraudulent 
transportation of goods outside of a region that shouldn't be or something like that. And then, of course, you've got to think about how do you actually get this mechanism, whether it be an NFC tag or, or RFID or a QR code, how do I actually get that onto my packaging? So now we're actually talking about the design team, the packaging design team. Now we're talking about technology. Is that something that we can do with our current printer? Is that something where we need to involve the purchase of new machinery? Well, now we're talking about something else. And now we need budgetary sign-off to be able to allow for the purchase of this new printer or whatever it might be. So it's something that is new, which means that, of course, you've got a lot of education that's got to be done. But on top of that, you've also got all of these different parties that need to come together, both internally and externally, to be able to make it all happen. And it's not impossible because, of course, we've got more and more brands doing it. And we've got lots of brands now, AB Bev, Coca-Cola, looking to shift to always have these QR codes for these particular brands on their products. And, of course, if you want to do a loyalty program, it needs to be always on. And if you look to do authentication and traceability, it can't be a three-month thing. But it's the planning that I think is the biggest challenge not actually the rollout. Actually, the rollout, once you've got all of those things aligned, it's pretty easy. It's the alignment to ensure that right across the supply chain, we've got all the right pieces in the right order. There's a lot to think about there. And bouncing off that too, this one might not have a simple answer, but how much responsibility do different industry players have in making progress? So packaging companies, brands, retailers, etc. I think that's a good question, to be honest. I've attended some conferences lately, and when you talk to brands, some of them are really lost. Some are like really invested into this and are far ahead of other competitors. But there's also a need, which is clearly visible, that a lot of brands really tell us that they don't know where to start, where to look for. And I think this is a task that's also not just for, you know, creative companies like Appetite Creative or, you know, Amazon as a marketplace. It's also printers, packaging providers, suppliers, converters, pre-press agencies. They need to do a, I would say, better job to educate on the benefits, on the processes, because there's so much knowledge among these companies. It's just the feedback from many companies and especially big CPGs is that they don't really know where to start, who to go to. And I think that's something on a consultative side that we all need to do a much better job and create more awareness and education to really guide brands. Definitely. And it's got to be a collaborative effort to ensure that even if that means you've got to perhaps attend a meeting that might not necessarily fit into your day-to-day thoughts, every part of this supply chain has got to be in the right order, as I said before, in, in order for the project to move forward. And I think it's everybody's responsibility. So the brands to be able to understand, but listen, the vendors to be able to collaborate. And I also think that's another thing. It's about collaboration and how do we make sure that we're all working for the same goal and making sure that we're able to help connect all of those dots for the actual project to be able to align. And I know it's brands, vendors, it's a large moving part there. And it's, it really has to be that the collaboration needs to be across, across everyone. So it's not one person, one company's responsibility. I like that idea, packaging industry, actually. So as is true of any development in the packaging space, there's been trial and error in the implementation of connected packaging. What have we learned from those past mistakes? I think one of the things that we certainly learned at the beginning was two things. One, which is you can't solely rely on connected packaging to do its own job. Yes, 
packaging as a media channel. I think it should be seen as a media channel. It is absolutely a owned media channel for the brand. However, that shouldn't exist on its own. So if you're going to do something on connected packaging, it should be supported by other channels. So social media, outdoor, flyers, point of sale material, whatever else you're doing, it should be built into the marketing plan and marketing mix. It should be a standalone type thing. Yes, we are getting an increase of people understanding and scanning. And yes, we get scan rates going up. But if we don't tell people, there are, of course, still portions of people who don't know. So that's number one. Make sure it's it's an integrated effort. It's not a standalone piece. And then say, oh, it didn't really work. Well, yeah, you didn't really tell anyone about it. Um, then the second piece, I would say, is the value exchange. And the value exchange is between what the brand wants to gain and what you expect the consumer to give away, so to speak, and the experience or gain the consumer gets. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to give away very, very high value Ferraris and things like that to be able to get people to scan. It just means you need to understand the value exchange and deliver something that makes sense. So if you want to collect data, first party data from a consumer, you need to give them a reason just like you would on any other marketing campaign to participate in the draw or to play the game or whatever it might be. I've seen, you know, QR codes where you scan the QR code, you fill in a form and you're entered into a once a year draw. Sorry, that's not really going to get me filling in my data. And I can't imagine that that type of campaign's done very well. And then likewise, don't abuse the QR code. If your experience is actually you're just going to send them to your website, you know what, don't bother. Because actually that is a negative experience because the consumer feels a bit duped, really. How many brand websites uh, do you generally go to on a, on a weekly basis, Gunnery? Not too many. Not too many. I can imagine that. And then if I extended that to how many brands can you remember going to see as a consumer in the last year? Less than 10? I think there's a difference between my job and as a consumer. Right. And difference yeah, significant, yes. Yeah, exactly. So... Don't try and trick your consumers to go to your website because they're, they're not going to feel very happy about that. And then potentially you're leaving them a negative experience. So it's got to be a value exchange. 100% agree. Um, I think that's been described very well. Um, I think the biggest challenge is really call to action, the customer awareness, right? Like if you put a QR code on a product, no matter how much, how many units you sell, people are not going to necessarily scan. And then everybody's going to complain, oh, nobody's scanning. Yes. Uh, first of all, when you put a QR code on a hundred million shampoo bottles, that's a lot of products. So if you have two or three or five percent, that's still a lot of products people scan, right? You need to put that in perspective. The second thing is, as Jenny just said, what we see is a lot of the brands invest a lot in TV commercials and all that stuff, but they ignore the fact that you need to create awareness before you start a QR company. You know, tell people something is coming, why to scan. Again, as Jenny said, it's not about a Ferrari, but Maybe there's important thing that is relevant for you as a consumer in regards of health, nutrition, uh, in mm -hmm. regards of loyalty programs, right? Like mm -hmm. you want to get that customer, keep the customer, build a loyalty program, keep them engaged, give them added value. So 100% to what Jenny um, described, but I think this is also the reason why we see so many one-offs. It's great to see so many cases on LinkedIn, right? The whole industry is celebrating it. And then the project disappears, the marketing person got promoted and boom, it's gone. The brand doesn't follow up. But you need to build a digital identity just like you built it in the last 20 years as a brand or 30 years, right? You need to give people the chance to grow with you as a brand to understand that you also provide that digital experience and then takes time and commitment. Yeah, I was just going to say as well, 
if you also want someone to rescan, and that's something else. So again, you, the campaign might be a one-off, but you also want your consumer to re-engage with you as well. So that you know is another thing to think about in terms of the value. And it might be a launchy program, or it might be something where they're able to up their points or want to move their ranking on the leaderboard or something like that. But you want to re-engage them as well. We don't just want a one-off campaign, but we also don't just want a one-off scan from the consumer either. We want to involve them in the brand story, whatever that might be. Absolutely. And I think that's something where, to be fair, I think a lot of software lines, textiles companies are doing a good job, right? You scan mm-hmm. the product, when you buy it, you register it, and then the system follows up with you after six months, maybe 12 months. Hey, Jenny, you bought this polo shirt, this bank, are you still happy? Could you share some update with us to improve as a brand and you know, take in consideration any issues you might be facing or are you just happy? And maybe another engagement where I say, hey, Jenny, you've had this bag shirt for a year, two years, here's 20% for your next shirt. We want to keep you as a customer. There's so much possible and the technology is there to do this easily. You don't need to hire a lot of people, you know, messaging people every day. It's software that enables you to automate all of this to give people a good connection to the brand, build lasting relationship and a great long-term experience. You just made me think of actually a campaign that we've got running at the moment where one of the questions is, um, tell us a flavor that you've not tried. And then at the end of the experience, you're collecting coins all the way through the experience. And at the end of the experience, you're able to exchange your coins for different prizes. But one of the things that you get free is the possibility, of course, to try the flavor that you didn't try earlier on in that experience. So, you know, it's so rich, the amount of data that you can be able to get so that you can really build that relationship with the consumer. And then you think, oh, that's nice. Or, you know, which flavor would you prefer next? A lemon flavor or a vanilla flavor? You know that you know you wanted a vanilla flavor next, right? Well, then you can say, hey, we listened to you. Here's the 10% discount or here's the free trial for the one that you said. That, as a consumer, makes you think, oh, wow, that's great. I was actually listened to. You feel something there for about the brand. And, of course, brands want to evoke emotion. That's what brands want to be able to do, positive ones, mostly. Um, And this really gives you the ability to be able to do that. So I think going back to the question, you know, how to do it and what have we learned? Well, I suppose the question there would be to use the opportunity to the maximum as well and to ensure that you also use the data that you collect so knowing that therefore this proportion of people want this flavor not only can that help you to of course make that innovation decision but also once that then is live in market go back to all of those people and be like hey listen we've got the thing that you asked for we've got that flavor it's in the supermarkets right now and here's a voucher for you to get 50 percent off or whatever it might be I could sit and listen to you both talk about that for so long it's so interesting hearing everything you have to say and things I would never have considered but going back to that idea of one-offs that I'm glad that you both brought up, my next question is, how can we improve the collaboration between industry players and make sure those strategies are long-term rather than just those one-offs that you mentioned? I think there are a lot of aspects playing into this. What we try to do at Amazon is a more holistic approach in solving issues and challenges, whether it's customer trust, gray market issues where a product is being sold in another country or region where it's not supposed to be. So by solving a commercial or uh, business-wise issue, we give them a good reason to start off with the whole experience. And that's a long-term commitment. Building customer trust, just like we work on Amazon every day, is the same challenge for big brand owners. It's an ongoing challenge. And if you're able to connect all of these dots by strategic partnerships and collaboration, as Jenny mentioned, you work with a coding company for the software or the implementation side. You have a creative company like Appetite Creator. You might have a printer and all those different players that all put together. You might actually be able to solve a lot of problems, meet requirements in the future, 
and then build that customer engaging campaigns. And then by having this added value through brand protection, supply chain visibility, digital twins, NFTs, and all those things, you actually have good reasons to keep on doing it rather mm -hmm. than doing, oh, I'm, you know, I've seen brand XYZ doing this funny elephant running through the store experience. That's great, but that's one-off. And everyone will tell you, honestly, that it's great. You might get some attention at the beginning, but look at the bigger picture. Try to solve issues by implementing connecting packaging strategies. And then you just add all the flavors, the creative, the content side. And then you have a good reason to just keep on doing what you do. Build that digital identity with your consumers. Definitely. I love what you're saying about the elephant running through the store. Because sometimes what you get then is the request from the client, which is, I saw the elephant running through the store. Our, our mascot, tigers. So can we do it with tigers? And you're like, mm, no, the idea isn't let's just copy somebody else's idea and make it ours because it's not going to work. It definitely is what you're saying, Gunnery, which is let's get back to what's our problem? What's our objective? How can we use connected packaging to solve that? How can we use connected packaging to improve the relationship with our consumers? Is our problem about authentication? Is our problem actually that we don't really know who our consumers are or we don't have their contact details so we haven't got the ability to build that relationship with them. And then let's find the solution within connected packaging that helps to solve that problem. But it's something that I think we're all a little bit guilty of, you know, oh, augmented reality is the, the next best thing. I want that. Or artificial intelligence, I want that. It's all about Bitcoin. I need Bitcoin in my life or, or whatever it is. But it's, it's, it's taking that step back and saying, right, okay, what is it that we want to achieve now, how do we build a solution that helps us to do that? And it might be a one-off campaign, but that doesn't mean that that's the only part. So it might be a, a one-off campaign that we're doing for Christmas. That's a different thing, but it's not a one-hit wonder that we want. It's something where we want to have a strategy. If media is another marketing channel, which it absolutely is, what's your strategy for that marketing channel? Not just, oh, let's just stick something over there because you saw someone else do a good job and we'll just rip off the label and put on our logo. <laughs> So in both of your expert opinions, what are the most actionable strategies going forward and where and how does the packaging industry even start? That's a difficult question, but the easiest way to start is actually understand your needs. And usually those big CPGs, they know what's working well and whatnot. These companies are really highly efficient. It's all about keeping margins, mm. profits and efficiency in your production. So it's usually the biggest challenge from what we see is these companies are so big. You might talk to somebody in India about a huge problem and somebody in Europe is not even aware of it. And the brand will say, oh, we don't have any issues, even though you know that there's an issue, right? So I think internally due to the size, shape, different time zones, countries and all that stuff at the brands, there's a big challenge within those brand owners business to connect all internal dots. The second step is analyze your steps. And again, as Jenny said before, they usually have all partners in place. They might work with a coding company for production efficiency, they might have great printers that are capable to digitally print or add value in another technical way. They might work with a company like Epidac Creative for the website, right? But having not considered whatever connected packaging strategy. So by understanding a potential issue or analyzing whether it's customer trust, for brand authentication, supply chain inefficiencies, maybe your logistics takes too much time. Maybe you want to go into the topic of digital twins. NFTs in the future because of metaverse, you want to make sure that if Jenny buys the next car, she gets a virtual car in, I don't know, Fortnite or whatever. You can connect so many dots simply by understanding some of your issues you're facing. Understand that connected pack in any way could be a solution. And then you just build on it. Definitely. And reaching out to the people who are 
already your suppliers are seeing it. It might be that they have the solution or they have a partner that has the solution. So you have the ability to have those conversations and be willing to have those conversations because each of those parties, whether it be the content creator, the technology provider, the printer, whatever it might be, each of those parties has got great points or strengths to bring to the table. And it might be that you've already got the right people. You just need to get them in an order. It might be that the people who are in your supply chain already have partners that are going to be able to help you have it. So I think it's talk about it. Understand what, what your, your, what your challenges are, as Greenery say, and have those conversations. Come to people who can give you some consultancy advice around this. There's obviously us, but there's other people out there as well that can help you to then say, right, therefore, what we need to do is, is X, Y, Z. The thing is, and that's what I was trying to make the point on before, connected packaging isn't just a gimmick where, oh, we'll just do a bit of connected packaging. It's actually a strategy and therefore it needs a strategical approach to how do we now activate this as a strategy. It's not the same as saying, oh, I want to do a bit of AR, I want to do a bit of crypto. No, you want to do connected packaging. What is it you want to do it for? Who are the people that you need? Let's make the plan and then let's deploy something and learn from it. Of course, it's going to be something which you're going to have learnings along the ways and you're going to optimize it along the way. But yeah, definitely not something where you think, right, this is just a one-off gimmick that I'm going to just quickly do in the next few weeks. It doesn't really work that well if you do it like that. Thank you both. Those are some really valuable insights. We're coming to the end of our discussion now, but is there anything either of you would like to add before we sign off? Yeah, maybe um, just to build on what, what Jenny just summarized. In the past, it's been it, the most of the discussions were like, which is the right solution, either or decision making. But now the technology thankfully evolves literally every minute, every day, every second. And what we refer to as interoperability is actually the new standard. In the past, you had to choose whether you want black or white, solution X or solution Y. Now with interoperability, just like we offer a transparency, you can actually connect all the dots. You can still work with the company that you have long trusted relationships for your supply chain and an e-commerce solution on top of it and still work with a creative company like Jenny and Epithet Creative. So interoperability, I think, is a huge advantage because it's not an either-or decision or as we said, Amazon one-door, two-door policy or a decision. Now you're flexible. You can actually connect all the benefits from all these programs in many cases and get all the benefits at the same time by collaboration and strategic partnerships. Definitely agree with that. And then make sure that you're able to analyze all of those data points that come from that. And that data analysis helps you to become stronger, helps you to understand therefore where to move, either that be in terms of logistics, talking about the gray market area that you touched on a little bit earlier, whether that be innovation, whether that be continued marketing. We've done campaigns where We've collected information on who the consumers are, so age and gender. And that, when we present at the end of the month, every month, how their campaigns are going, they're surprised. Some of those brands don't actually know whether it's male or female or actually the age group or the reason why they purchased this product. I've got quite a few examples of that where when you actually then look at the data, it's a whole different target market to what they actually thought they had. Well, that changes your whole positioning, which means you need to then inform and optimize all the way along. So... Definitely, it's not a this or that. I'm 100% aligned with that. And then think about how you're going to be able to harness all of that data and be able to use that to be able to learn and optimize going forward. Because I think that is the key to all of it. Everything you do in Connected Practice gives you so many different insights and that is going to help propel the brand forward. Great. Thank you. I love the nuance that you're adding to this conversation. 
So thanks again to both of you for joining us today. It's been fantastic having you and hearing everything that you have to say. Thanks to you, Emma. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to everyone at home for tuning in. Just a reminder to round us off, the Sustainability Awards 2024 are open for submissions. So if you've got a product you'd like to nominate, head over to the Packaging Europe website and click Sustainability Awards. Or you can head directly to www.packagingeurope.com forward slash sustainability hyphen awards. That's www.packagingeurope.com forward slash sustainability hyphen awards. And you can find out more. But that's all for today. So thanks again for listening. And we hope you'll join us again next week. Take care.